Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Human Capital Institute's 9 to Thrive HR. I'm Alan Mellish, and I'm your host. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone to rate and subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Smart Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by HCI's 2020 Strategic Talent Acquisition Conference. Join us on June 22nd through the 24th. To learn more about the conference, simply navigate to www.staconference.com. My guest today is Alyn Bailey. Alyn is a Talent Acquisition Transformation Manager at Intel. And Alyn is going to be presenting at the conference I just mentioned on Intel's new approach to talent acquisition. So we're very excited to have here today to give you all a little preview. Uh, Alyn, welcome to 9 to Thrive. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. So uh, first, before we dive into your story and Intel's story in particular, I want to take a look at the broader scene. And we're looking at historically low unemployment. Organizations are fighting each other in the street for a shrinking pool of talent. Uh, you know, what is what does this look like on the ground at Intel? What are you got? What are you seeing from your vantage point of the overall talent marketplace? We'll call it. You know, I think the the biggest thing that we're seeing from a from a talent marketplace perspective is that um, people. I think have always had um, more choice um, in where they wanted to work and what type of environment they wanted to work in, um, but they're now starting to realize it, right? So I think that part of this, um, the change in the market and um, the way in which um, companies are both looking to attract individuals and the way in which people are looking at work itself is really the bigger dynamic that's happening here. And, and part of the output of that is people are starting to realize that as an individual, they have more control and um, have more of a say um, in what their experience is going to be. And I think what that's done is force us um, to be really pragmatic about looking at how do we talk about the work that we have available? Um, how do we become competitive, not just um, by talking about, you know, why we're so awesome, um, but why it's a right place for it in each individual, right? So it's about making a much more personalized connection with people than we've had to do before. And to, to us, that's what it looks like, right? We're not in a new position where we're fighting or we're, we're having um, a problem getting people to apply. What we are doing is realizing that we've got people applying, um, but they're much more... Um, interested in understanding how they fit um, and what they, how we're going to be using what they bring to the table um, versus um, just kind of showing up on day one and finding out what the job is going to be. And um, I think that changes the dynamic of how we manage the process. So we can get them in the door to begin with. We can get them into the apply process. That's not a problem. I think our name brand helps with that, obviously. Um, but keeping them engaged and involved and moving them actually into the part where we land them in the right opportunities has become more complicated because what they're expecting from us has changed. Got you. And as you're talking about it, it may, it, I just had a thought and you can squash it if you want, but I was thinking it's a little bit less like marketing so much as it is more closer to dating. Yes. Uh, where it's more trying to, you know, here's what I can offer, but I also want to find out what you can offer and let's see if we're compatible. Uh, all of that resonated with me, uh, what you just said, because I think it is a challenge. Right. And I think that's why, for example, when, when um, ourselves and other companies look at it, they may not necessarily be seeing a downturn in the number of 
applicants they're getting um, because people are used to it. It's part of our um, experience today and the way in which we um, look at engaging with individuals and with companies from a consumer perspective. I will engage with you, tell, let you know that I'm here and who I am. My willingness to continue my engagement with you to go forward, um, that's something that requires more of a give and take than I've had to do before. So it's not as though people aren't willing to um, connect. Um, we always talk about the idea of connect, apply, refer, right? I can get people to connect, um, but actually getting them um, not just to apply, but to apply to the relevant, right opportunities that, that make sense is more challenging. Um, and getting them, you know, we know that the best connections happen when they're referrals. And so how do we help people um, not only connect us to them, but to their networks as well? So there's a lot um, that's growing in that space. Yeah. yeah. And so we've already basically transitioned into this, but let's talk about a little bit more specifically about what you're doing and Intel is doing to address these challenges. So there's the certainly the referral piece. What's what's it look like holistically? What, what your talent acquisition strategy is, I guess. So I think the fundamental piece for us was um, is taking a step back and saying, listen, the way talent acquisition has historically been operating, not just for us, but across all industries, um, is just backwards, right? Um, we have been trying to get people to try and understand how they fit to us rather than looking at people and seeing how we fit to them. Um, and, and helping them make those connections. In order to do that, we've got to start moving away from what's historically become a very transactional process um, to one that's focused on relationships. That's why I loved your analogy as you connected it to dating. That's exactly what I hope you hear when you hear us talking about what we're doing. We, we believe that it's relationships. It's about people and it's about connections. It's about building relationships. And that meant really overhauling um, from end to end the way we think about everything that we do. That means that from attraction perspective, how do we change the dialogue when we are out doing recruitment marketing that is not so much focused on us telling you how fabulous we are, um, but us changing the dynamic of the conversation that says, please come tell us who you are. We want to know about you. Um, and honestly want to get enough data and information about people so we can help them connect to the right opportunities, taking the onus off of them as individuals to be responsible for figuring out how they fit, looking at the 50 million job ads that may be on the job board or trying to look through a career marketing site and say, which of these 50 jobs is actually the right one for me? Um, it's kind of ridiculous to assume they're going to understand your company well enough to know how they best fit. Um, instead, tell me who you are. Um, tell me more about what you're aspiring to, what your experiences are, and let us do a better job of using um, our insights, our technology, our matching capabilities to match you to the right opportunities and then help you figure out if that match works. And that's really fundamentally the big difference. Moving to um, this idea of we're going to take the onus of matching to you. What that means is you have to have data, right? I can't get data um, unless people are willing to give it to me. Um, and it's like dating, right? Think about it using that dating analogy. When somebody comes to date, you know, you go on a dating site. Um, I haven't done that in a long time, but this is somebody does, right? And you go and you meet for a coffee, right? Right? You go and meet for a coffee or do whatever. Um, there's those first pieces of the conversation that are about 
providing bits and pieces of information about who you are, what's interesting, where do you work, right? We have this kind of standard set of questions that we ask. If somebody immediately dove in in their first question and said, um, tell me what your life dreams are. I would like to understand exactly how many children you would like to have. And, um, you know, are you interested in this house over here? I've been looking at this one. What type of furniture should we put in it? Right. You'd be completely turned off. But that's exactly the way our transactional process operates today. We say, you saw our picture, so you must want me forever and ever. And now I don't have to tell you anything else about who I am or um, let you connect with me in any other way. You just need to tell me everything it is about you and I'll decide whether I accept you or not. <laughs> right? Ridiculous. That is good. Yeah, yeah, that is right. Ridiculous. So we had to swap that and turn that completely on a dime and said, don't worry. It's okay. If you want to if you want to go through look through our job site and, and go apply to 50 recs, go ahead. But we don't recommend that you do that. Instead, what we recommend you do is join our talent network. And in that process, we're going to engage in a dialogue with you. We're going to share pieces of information about us and you can you can screen yourself in or out based on that. And then we're going to ask you to tell us about you over time, just like you would when you're building any sort of relationship. We believe it's a long game, not a short game. And as you tell us about who you are, um, we're going to get better at using that information, um, not for evil and nefarious purposes, but for really valuable connection opportunities where we can say, hey, because you told us you like this, this is what we know about you. And, and this also helps us help you find the right opportunities here and where there's a really great match. Um, it also meant changing the dynamic for ourselves and saying, if you're going to build those sorts of relationships, if it's a long game versus a short game. Um, then it's about managing relationships with individuals for the lifetime of their career. Um, we don't screen out. There is nobody who is not worthy of being in our pipeline. That's a complete paradigm shift for us. What that says is, is come one, come all. I want to know. Why? Because it's not about whether or not you're in my pipeline, right? It's about how I manage that pipeline and understand how to segment my relationship with you. Some people... Um, today um, are great fits for opportunities I have today. As a company, I'm going to evolve and grow. We're, we're constantly evolving and growing. And somebody who came in today who may not look like a great fit may be a fabulous fit two years from now because they grow and evolve as well. People are dynamic. Jobs and opportunities are dynamic. And so if this is about relationship and not about a transaction, then I, I want to stay really, I want to stay connected to you. I, I want you in my network. I want to be able to find the right level of engagement. It doesn't mean everybody gets, um, you know, this, the white glove treatment all the way through the process. Um, but it means that I'm spending enough time to say, I value you as an individual. I hope you value us. Um, we want to stay connected to you. We want to, we want to learn what you learn, what's new and changing in your world. And as you new things happen to you and we have new things happen, we may have new opportunities and ways to, to connect. We think we're going to get more value out of that sort of strategy, um, than starting from scratch every time we want to hire for a new type of person. Yeah, and that starting from scratch thing is I I know been a struggle for a lot of people in the audience for a long time, even if they didn't realize it. Because as one presenter at a uh, conference put it, why are we paying to get the same leads over and over again? Um, right. Like, why not keep them and engage them the the first time? You know, it's much easier to keep them around in the talent community than it is to keep resourcing um, over and over again. 
Mm-hmm. It does require, though, to do that. And this is, you know, I mean, it's not as though this is a completely new concept. You're absolutely right. I mean, people have been talking about this for a while. What it does require, though, is looking differently at your technology that you're leveraging. Um, it means that you have to look differently at the roles you have within your organization, what you hold people accountable to, what the success measures are for those roles within talent acquisition, um, you know, what your um, processes are and, and how you manage those components. It is really complicated um, in, the, in an old school kind of mechanism to be able to manage. We have 3 million people in our pipeline today. Um, it is difficult to manage that and not have it, it be in one big, huge, hairy black hole. That's why ATSs are dying a hopefully quick and rapid death, but not that quick. But you're right. Part of the challenge is, is that, you know, is a transaction. I didn't care about anything about you except where, what was your relevancy to my immediate need. So I got no other information about you. So I had no way to have a relevant relationship with you. You have to be getting the information, organizing it, sorting it, completely prioritizing it on a constant basis. And that requires automation. It requires tools that allow you to sort and organize. It requires um, mechanisms to allow you to capture and manage the data in in the right ways, um, in the responsible ways. Um, And it requires people who leverage and look at that information and understand how to either work with the machines to automate the right actions based on the information that's coming in, build those right workflows, or people who know how to look for triggers that that drive somebody into a more personalized relationship. So there's a lot that has to be overhauled rather than just kind of saying, let's keep everybody in and keep them all nice and warm. Keeping a population warm requires a lot of infrastructure. Yeah. And I think to to add on to that a little bit, you said it yourself, you've got 3 million people in the pipeline right now. There's no possible way to manage that volume without uh, without significant changes to the technology. So uh, we must be on the same wavelength this afternoon, but you kind of went into the area. What what are some of those technologies that you're experimenting with over there to, to automate some of these pieces? Right. So um, automation is um, is the golden ticket for us. And so we started off um, where a lot of organizations kind of started off are, are starting their evolutions. We obviously have an ATS system, right, um, that operates. We, we started by saying, well, at least we need to be able to have some sort of CRM system that sits on top of that or connects to it that allows us to um, look not just at um, immediate applicants, but be able to look at prospects into pipeline and to be able to engage with them. So, a recruitment marketing system that that engages with that. Um, and then we evolved to the next stage that said, okay, so the more people I get inside that CRM um, and the more I'm trying to, to throw more pipeline managers at those group of people trying to sort and organize and the more complicated that becomes, I can't do it at this volume. Now I need automation tools on top of it um, that allow me to manage workflows, um, that allow me um, to, to look at things in, in kind of if-then statements and things like content repositories that can help me personalize and distribute content. And then I need on top of that, as we get to the next level, matching is a critical component of this. So now I start to look at um, artificial intelligence capabilities that allow me to do matching at scale. Right. Um, and I'm not just talking about matching um, to individual jobs, but actually matching into pipelines. Right. Um, looking at information and running constant algorithms to be able to find correlations and connections that humans may not have been able to see. 
um, and matching in that way. So those are the next sets of automations. The, the next frontier for us is really about thinking about how we use things, um, advancing stages in, um, uh, in what a lot of people are working on now with chatbots and, and in what we call virtual assistants in this space. But how do we actually start to leverage that sort of technology, um, not just to create kind of these conversations that can occur, like you know, using them as nice things on your website, to do Q&As, which is great, right? That's fabulous. Um, but let's take it to the next level and start applying them into our automation function so that where I used to have to have a human who was driving a screening conversation with you, um, I can now have, um, I can now automate something that feels like a human-like experience um, for you using a virtual assistant to drive that. Um, and we're having more and more luck in, in testing and playing with those sorts of technologies. So, the, the key here is, is to understand that there's a distinct difference between what a human brings to the table and what the technology brings to the table. Um, the technology allows me to um, systemize, sort, to organize, um, to automate, and to do things at scale and at mass, but it always requires a human um, to be able to um, understand the psychology of human behavior, to understand how to connect with individuals. Uh, so even if they're programming um, an, an automated function to be able to execute it at mass for them, the human needs to be looking at the information and data and understanding what's driving different behaviors and do the work of putting those algorithms and systems into place. So there's been a lot of conversation for us, not only about which technologies we need to play with to do this stuff, but how do we start to figure out the new roles of um, talent acquisition professionals in this space? They're going to leverage technology. How do they understand how to be um, the crafters of the experience um, and not just the recipients of the data on the outside? That's really fantastic. And we are coming to the end of our time here, but uh, I'm also I kind of want to cut it off because I don't want you to give everything away for free. Uh, we want some people to show up at the at the conference. But I think you really are touching on something important here in the in the industry of, you know, is AI coming to steal my job? No, AI is just coming to change your job. Um, in in talent acquisition, and so it's going to be different skill sets, different um, different kinds of behaviors and knowledge and everything, but it's still um, the human factor is important because we can exercise judgment and make informed decisions about how how to connect with somebody, not just um, leave it up entirely to the machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we have a lot of, I think, as we start to, as we start to move down this path um, and start to, to make this transition, this transformation from looking at talent acquisition as a transactional business about um, compliance and paperwork, which it has, we, we, you know, for lots of reasons has been generated there. And we start to move into a business about relationships and connecting with people. There's this huge opportunity to start leveraging technology um, in a positive way. Um, to help support us in building relationships, not just support us in um, managing masses of volumes of paperwork. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited to talk more about it. And I'm, I'm excited to hear others tell us what they're doing in this space as well, because I think we all learn from each other as we share our experiences. Absolutely. Well, I can't think of a better note to go out on. So Lynn, thank you so much for your time. Once again, if this discussion was of interest to you, take the next step and go to staconference.com. And for all ideas related to talent management and HR, check out the Human Capital Institute at hci.org. 
Don't forget to rate us, like us, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Alan Melch.